You're listening to The Man Maker Show. Welcome to Season 1 with your host, Brad Walgamont. This podcast is all about becoming a better man for ourselves and the people around us. So if you enjoy this episode, whether you're on your way to work or mowing the lawn, make sure to share this with somebody, like, and subscribe. Well, I hope you're ready, because here we go. Incredible, Bradley Wogan, I'm coming to you live from Excellent Home, Soap Lake, Washington. Hope you're doing incredible. Got a powerful message for you again here tonight. As usual, I wouldn't be given an unpowerful message. That's just not like me, and that's something you're probably interested in. But something that I've kind of had to work through in my own mind, in my own life, and I call them the five seasons of mentality. How we think it helps us to prepare for where we're going. Because as we've discussed, everything comes from our mind, right? We Information in, thoughts, words, action, habit, character, destiny, legacy. When we understand how the machine works, input creates thoughts. And those thoughts manifest long enough, become conversations, and eventually conversations lead to action. Have you ever taken action and you didn't think it through? It's usually when you say, gosh, I didn't mean to, or that was an accident. And the reason is, is we didn't think it through, but we certainly thought about it because we can't do anything without thinking. That's how the brain and body are connected. So understanding the seasons of life might help you understand a little bit where you got stuck, where you might be stuck, how to create some breakthrough, how to have a little grace for yourself. Because as men, we're usually pretty hard on ourselves. In fact, I, I want you to be kind of hard on yourself. I think one of our issues today is that maybe we're not hard enough on ourselves. Now you have to be judge that for yourself. If you let yourself out of jail all the time and make excuses why you can't and why it's someone else's fault and you're too tired and that person did that and oh my gosh all these external forces are against me. Well then you need to be hard on yourself. But if you're beating the snot out of yourself and you're depressed because of your belief system on yourself, well that's no good. That's where we talked about where guilt becomes shame. Guilt is when you do something. Shame is when you think you are something. And when you think you're a loser, you are. And that's a problem because you can't rise above your own belief level. That's why you, the, a common statement is you never rise above your level of confession, that that which you speak is how you think and feel. And eventually it's how you're going to live because we speak life into existence. And so what happens is we can get stuck in the season. Some seasons are good to get stuck in. Some seasons require seasoning. That's why they're called seasons. Well, you need to, to mature through them. So I'm going to talk about them real quick. We're going to talk about the, the survival season of your life, the stability season of your life, the success season of your life, the significance season of your life, and I'll save the last one as the surprise for the end. Most people have understand this, the survival season of life. Typically happens when you just get out of the house. Now, some people moved out when they were 12, 13, 14, 15 because they were in a rough situation. Some people didn't have parents around, so they were forced to kind of begin to survival early. You know, when I mean by survival, like you're paying your way, right? You are finding a way to feed yourself. And I, I can remember moving out at 18 in a day uh, because my dad and I had, had another battle and this one blew a stack. I had parked my car in the wrong spot in the driveway that we'd agreed that I wouldn't. And I don't remember agreeing to this, but he just, you know, he lit a candle on me and went crazy and got so mad and like, that's it, you know, I can't take anymore. So I was out and he was happy because I was a bit of a pain in the butt for him. 
Some of you were paying the butt kids like I was. I don't, I don't really think I was that bad. Honestly, I don't think I was, but who does? <laughs> you know, I wasn't arrested. I wasn't doing drugs and crime and doing terrible things. I was just, I had an independent streak. And that led to some boldness and led to some maybe not so good decisions and not so good at grades. And, uh, you know, my older brother was a 4.0, magna cum latte or whatever that thing's called, super smart, valid, Victoria's Secret or thing. I don't know. <laughs> he was smart. And he's a doctor. And I love my brother intensely. I have as much respect, maybe more respect for him than anybody I know. I mean, he is, he is a hero to me. Uh, he has lived a life that has been by the book. Me, whew, had to get a new book for me. I had to be in survival season for a little longer than most. But in survival season, this is when you learn to be tough. This is kind of where you define yourself as a man, right? We're talking about a little bit about the cowboy and the warrior season of life in later podcasts. But the survival season is when Top Ramen's actually a, a feasible meal. Right, you you open your refrigerator and like, whoa, you know, I can remember having uh, a jug of water, Concord grape jelly, and a loaf of bread, and that was it, right? And I would live on top ramen because back in the day, you could get mm, six or seven or eight, maybe even ten top ramens for free. There were times when I stole food. Not proud of that, but I was broke. I was living on a six dollar and twenty five cent an hour job, working thirty, forty, fifty hours a week, whatever I could. Uh, half that money went into gas to get where I needed to get to. I was in construction. Um, I had uh, finished up my tennis career, if you will. Um, kind of a short-lived professional season, bad car accident, another story in our time. I was living in a small little apartment. I had a beanbag chair that had a leak in it. Those little styrofoam balls always puffing out. I took me a fact where they were. Uh, I had a stereo set up on cinder blocks and, and uh, particle wood, and I slept on the floor uh, in a sleeping bag, and then eventually got a blanket. Long time before I got to bed. That's survival. That's rough. You're kind of embarrassed to have people over, right? You've got like two dishes. I remember buying my dishes out of the back of a car in a parking lot somewhere, and they were like $7.99 for the whole set. It was like two bowls, two forks, two spoons, two cups. <laughs> that was it. As much as it was difficult, it was so good for me because we're babied by our family. And if you still live at home, you're babied. Sorry, not sorry. You're babied. And people are staying at home because it's easy. Well, the easy is not good for you. The easy button, like the commercial says, is not real. Well, it is real, but it's crappy for you. And it's not real because you're living in a fake world when mommy and dad, you're still paying for your cell phone, still paying for your insurance, still paying for your car, making sure there's a meal for you, a soft landing when you have a bad day. And you get on your own and you go to the construction job and you have your job, your boss is kicking your butt because that's what they do in the construction world. You better get tough or you're going to just go cry back to mama. And I can remember it getting pretty tough, you know, about a year into it. And I called my mom, you know, we met up. She goes, well, Bradley, why don't you just move home? I go, I think I need to, mom. I just don't, I, I don't think it's going to work. She goes, okay, well, you're always welcome here. Doors always open. But there's a few rules that we want to make sure that we establish before we move back. Like, time. I've been free for a year. There were going to be no rules. Now, those rules probably would have been good for me. But I was maturing in the survival zone that I learned to manage myself. And I don't need mommy to manage me. And so if you're a man listening to show, you need to get your own place. And roommates, if you need to, I didn't like roommates because I thought they were bad distractions, usually bad influences. So I lived in my own because I liked my own peace and quiet, even though I was a bit of a rebel. Tough time. 
you might go into survival season late in life. I had to go to the hard school. I went to this college of hard knocks. I didn't go to college. I went and learned the hard way. And at age, gosh, late 40s, I find myself back in the school of hard knocks, mid 40s. And you've heard my story, but I found myself, you know, living off grid in a cabin I built out of my own hands. It was not an easy situation for me back in survival zone. If I, if you don't learn to move into the fourth and fifth season, it is very likely you go right back to your first season. It's kind of like Monopoly or Life or whatever, and you got to go right back. So my, my dog looks like Candyland. I'm wrong, the wrong card. You're all the way back to the beginning of the game. Survival's for you. It's not punishment. It's an opportunity. And every challenge is a royal opportunity for promotion. It's an opportunity for you to grow. It's more weight in the bar. So if you're in that tough season, good. Revel in it. Say, I'm tough enough. Say it right now. I'm tough enough. I'm tough enough. I can do this. I can overcome this. Yeah, this may suck, but I can overcome it. Say it right now. I can do this. I can overcome this. If you're in survival, you can beat it. But you're not going to beat it with silly habits like playing video games, surfing YouTube, messing around, drinking, smoking. You're going to have to learn how to work your butt off. That's a whole other story. To move to the next season, we'll call it stability. And stability is when you get a job, right? I mean, a, a decent job, not my $6 an hour job, you know, doing construction, being the gopher, go for this and go for that. And it's ridiculous. But I remember getting my first job and I was a, a mortgage loan officer. Now, I'm probably the brokest guy you could imagine, and here I am evaluating people's financials, whether they qualified for a home loan as a mortgage officer. <laughs> so ridiculous, because I, 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 <laughs> I was so broke, I don't know, what was I doing there? But all I do is check boxes, check boxes, check boxes, and submit it. I didn't have any money. I was helping people qualify for money. So very interesting as a mortgage broker, helping people get broker and I was broker than they were. So I guess that's why they called me a mortgage broker. But nonetheless, I got a, a big pay raise and I got a little nicer car and I got a suit and I got a shirt and a tie. And I'm like, dang, look at me. I was stable. I wasn't dying every two weeks waiting for my paycheck. When you're in survival mode, you're probably paid every week. The crapper the job, the more often they have to pay you. Like when I've been in Southeast Asia and people work horrible jobs and hurtful conditions, they get paid every day because they're just crappy. If you don't pay every day, they're not going to make it. So one week, two weeks, a month, self-employed, you get paid at the end of the year. The better the gig, the further out the paychecks are. So I just got a job, was stable, car that ran, a car. I didn't have to talk to it, right? Bob, my bucket of bolts. Right? You ever have a car and you talk to it, you kind of rub it like, come on, Billy, Billy, come on, Bobby, Bobby, get me one more time. Come on, baby, you can do this. Thinking that somehow this car is listening to you and if you talk nice to it, you're going to get further down the road. We know it's a joke, but most of us have done that, right? And in the trunk, you've got things like your, your, your tow rope, your jumper cables, your extra water, your oil because you're leaking both. It's, it's just a mess, right? Stability is a fun zone, but you shouldn't spend very long there. Because you want to move into success mode. Success mode is when you start making some money. But success, remember, is not a destination. We know it's a journey. The best definition I've heard of success many years ago, and it stuck with me for probably 30, 40 years, is the progressive realization of a worthwhile goal or dream. So the progressive, I mean, I'm in the process, realization, it's coming to life, of a worthwhile goal or dream. 
So it's not a de it's not a destination. It is the process. It's reading every day. It's listening to audios every day. It's being mentored every day. It's showing up early. It's staying late. It's asking the boss, is there anything extra you can do to be a better employee and prepared to put more performance out so you increase your value so you make more money? This is success is, is, is a long season. It probably for most people is 20 to 30 years. Because this is where you really learn to develop what I'm going to call later the, the king season of your life. When you really become a mentor and you move into that, that next season of life. And that is significance. So as we come out of starvation, right, the survival mode, and we get stable, right? We, okay, I'm not dying. I'm going to make it. Then we move into success mode. The fourth season is significance. And significance can happen at any age of your life because significance means instead of just being a king, I'm going to be a kingmaker. I'm going to be a mentor, right? I'm going to be a leader, which is defined by one word, an influencer. And I don't mean fake influencers like most of the people on social media. I mean people that are walking the walk, not just talking the talk. They're not just creating a, a big profile background. They're actually living it out. They've got results. They can tell stories about their challenges. They can talk about overcoming. I probably haven't been in the season to do these webcasts until I've been through these dark seasons a few times that humbled me. And, you know, I don't know, maybe you don't think I'm humble at all, but I can tell you that I walk in a way that I understand how fragile life is. I understand I'm one bad decision away from a complete implosion in my life. I realize that I've been down roads that hurt me, shamed me, hurt people around me, broke hearts. In another episode, I'll tell you about a reoccurring dream I had for years and years and years that haunted me for years that ultimately came true, which is really quite sad, but another time for another story. The beautiful thing about significance is this is when you take your eyes off of yourself. And instead of just being successful, you use your platform, your success and your failures. I've heard it said the wisest man in the room is the man who's made the most mistakes and not afraid or ashamed to talk about them. Most people don't want anybody to know their story. Some people think the greatest king of all time was King David. King David, obviously, if you've read any part of the Bible, had some major, major screw-ups. And yet he let his story be told. The victor writes the history. And he lived in victory, and yet he was willing to expose all of his massive failures. You would think, like, no, we don't write that. We don't write that. That doesn't get put in there. No, 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 no. But he did, because he knew that through his failures, through his humility of accepting him, that he could potentially be promoted, and that's the promotion side of, of adversity, in a way that empowers and impacts and helps other people heal. And that's my situation. I've gone through so many failures and stupid choices and arrogance. And, ugh, it's embarrassing to look back, but it'd be really embarrassing if I look back without any kind of knowledge of, bro, come on, get a grip on yourself. And that's what had to happen in my life. But the beautiful thing about the significant season of your life is you begin to mentor. Now, maybe you do that by coaching Little League. Maybe you do that by uh, Boys and Girls Club. Maybe you do that by your kid brother, your kid sister, right? But are you mentoring somebody? You can move into the significant season of your life as you're in success because significance means I am going to be a kingmaker. I'm using my life as an offer, not just to get more, but to share more, to serve more, to, to allow people around me to be elevated, right? To use your failures to lift and use your successes to pull. 
The idea of significance is to let your life be a light, a, a, a shining example of, of what you can do. I, I have a good friend of mine uh, whose son is a tremendous wrestler uh, in college, have an amazing career, but he has found the love for coaching wrestling. And it's like he wants to go back and finish his college and maybe get on to a different type of wrestling, get into fighting, go in the pro ranks and so forth. But he's loving mentoring these young men because he sees that all his stuff that he's been through is, is enabling these younger men and women, he actually coaches girls as well, to go faster through the problems that he had to go with. You know, the, the mindset, the getting yourself too amped up so you, you, know, you run out of gas early in the match, all the things that he's learning. I won't, you know, won't even begin to share what he's developed some wisdom on. But he, he's loving the fact that even though he's 21, 22 years of age, he is moving into a season of significance. And that will help him move through success. Because frankly, if you want to be promoted in life, you've got to increase value. One of the ways to increase value is to increase value of people around you. And that's how you do that through significance. When you take your success and help other people do what you've done faster and better without the fear of being passed up. There's a lot of ding-dongs on the planet that won't share their secrets because they're afraid that their ego is going to get wounded by someone passing them. Frankly, the greatest leaders of all time are the people that had many, 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 many people pass them. We look at great coaches. I think like I heard it once, like Vince Lombardi, one of the greatest coaches in NFL history because he won a lot of games and a lot of Super Bowls. But he's not by most of because he's the greatest coach. Greatest coaches are those that have had assistant coaches after assistant coach after assistant coach and OCs and DCs, offense and defense coordinators that ended up being coaches in the big league. That they raised up so many men that became greater coaches and greater leaders that their true success, the measurement of their prosperity, is their significance. And I want to really challenge you, no matter where you're at and what season your life, is get significant. If it's your kids, awesome. If it's your spouse, awesome. If it's your kid brother, if it's your parents, there comes a time in all of our lives when we become the mentor and the parent becomes a mentoree. They'll never admit it, but it's for sure happens. And it, ha it happened in my life, and it was a beautiful time in my life. Both my parents have passed in the last decade or so, and that grieves me. But I'm glad I rose to a point where I could actually influence them in a positive way. Not by you know shoving my knowledge on the throat, but by loving them. Right? By being in a place where I don't need to prove myself to them. I'm just going to love them and encourage them and compliment them and support them and serve them and edify them and thank them. And that is growing a human being because most people never hear the word thank you. Never hear the word I appreciate you. Never hear thank you for the years of sacrifice. Your parents, if you have normal parents, at least one parent, gave up their entire life probably their 20s and 30s, to make enough money to pay for your shoes and your food and your school and whatever. Now, maybe your parents just sucked, and that's a bad situation, but you're going to be better because you're watching and you're listening and getting stronger. Those of us that had the privilege of being around great parents, my mom was you know, really the shining light in my life, what I do with my life is the mantle that she's given me. I, I, the promotion of my life is based upon that foundation. At the same time, I had to go out and grind it. I had to grind it. And so to move into the final season is probably one of the greatest honors of life. And that's the level of surrender. 
right? The international symbol of surrender. I surrender, right? Or you see people at church and they're worshiping. You know, you go, people go, oh, what do they know about? They're just surrendering. What are they saying? I love you and I submit my life to you. Some people can't imagine that. Some of you can't imagine that. Well, that's fine. I, I'm not a person trying to commit, convince you to be what I am. I'm just, I am what I am and you be what you be and hopefully we can get along with that. And if you can't, well, that's on you because I love you no matter what. And if you don't love me no matter what, well, that's on you. You don't have to love me. It's okay. I hope you do. I'm not, I want to be your friend, but I'm not, I'm not worried if, if your issues keep you from listening and hanging in there with me and having this compassion. And I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm kind of over happened to please everybody. But the idea of surrender, it means you have, you've crossed that second threshold of life. They say the two most important thresholds of life. The day you were born, you came into this world. And the second one is the day you realize why you were born. And you surrender to that. You get to a place where like, you realize this is my zone. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I live in a grateful place, right? I have amazing, beautiful children. I've surrendered to being a daddy. With being a father is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Hurting my children with my divorce is the worst thing I've ever done, it seems like. Obviously, my wife would be the number one thing. But seeing them, even this day, is grieving. My wife is remarried, and she has a great life. She's wealthy and prosperous and impactful and powerful and does amazing things. She's an incredible woman. My kids are coming into life, and I see them struggle with things that are my fault, and that is such a collision in my soul. I can barely even deal with it sometimes. But to see them prosper, to see them get married, to see them have babies, to see them have careers and promotions and get offers from companies because their skill set has been developed through this struggle and victory. The surrender to raising my five-year-old, the surrender to being a business owner, the surrender to being a son of the king, the surrender to helping people, specifically men, grow a set to learn how to put their big boy pants and their butt-kicking <coughs> butt boots on to where they can actually go out and win. Teaching people not to play small. Playing small doesn't serve the world, right? I'm not going to lower myself to make someone feel comfortable. I'm going to stay strong, humble, connect, and pull them from a position of strength. I don't need a lord above them. I can afford it. What does that mean? It means I don't need to be in a strong position to help them in terms of me letting them know that I'm powerful. I'm going to be a humble, hopefully loving, kind, sharing person, knowing that I've been through some stuff and I can help you. I can help you get back up. I can create some boldness. And frankly, that's what's birthed this entire program is really getting to a place where in my soul, <coughs> I can release to as many people as possible. And I hope that you'll share this thing up with me these podcasts with people. I hope they'll have an impact. If they don't, well, then maybe they're for my grandkids someday in the next you know, 50 to 100 years. I don't know. <clears throat> but I do hope that they make impact. And I do hope that one day you get to a place of surrender. And surrender will happen in different areas. Surrender your, to your health. That it's a, it's a super important part of quality life. Surrendering to being responsible to your finances, surrendering in your faith, surrendering to your marriage and understanding it's the most important relationship, surrendering to responsibility, surrendering to the importance of being a significant leader that adds value. Surrender to it. What, what, is, what, what, what happens when you surrender? You find peace. <clears throat> you get to a place where you're like, you're not fighting anymore. 
you're just kind of in the flow, the wave of grace. It's like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I now know why I was born. And I'm so grateful. No bad days. You know, if you're in a grind and you feel hectic, it's because you're not living in surrender. You're still fighting. And there's something that you got to break off. Could be an addiction. Could be some pain. Could be some grief. Could be some guilt. Could be some anger. Could be some resentment. Could be stuff you went through as a kid. But I want you to get to a point where you live a life of surrender. And with that comes the fruit of great peace to where your life is yours and you know exactly why you do what you do. Because when you know why you do what you do, what you do is easy. They say farmers never work a day of their life. But we know farmers work every day, dawn to dark. But they say when you love what you do, you never work a day of your life because work is like angst and, and challenge and grief. When you love it, you're in the flow and it's easy. And you want to do more. You almost have to force yourself to go to sleep because you know you need some restoration. But that's the flow of life. So we move from starvation to stability to success to significance to surrender. And I pray that someday you can get there. And I pray that in your significant season, maybe these messages will help you lead some others. Let's go, guys. Let's get serious about this. Let's, let's right now, here's my call to action. I want you to find somebody, something that you can mentor. Find something, find someone, find a place to volunteer, find something so you can start nurturing the significant part of the cycles of your life. I'm proud of you, I'm with you. Please write me, send comments. I love the interaction. I'm so pumped that this stuff's coming out. I feel like it's in me, so it's, I, don't, I don't need notes because it's just in my soul. So. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Brad Wilgamot, Man Maker Show, out.